This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello there. And Jay Cross. Hi, lads. Exactly, right. that's right. It is it's episode one of season three, everyone. We're back. Season three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> No, what have you done, Joe? That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, this cheering really goes on. No, thank you, dear listener. Thank you for being here. I'm going to actually stop that's that. Because that, that that's How long is that, that clip? It's 40 seconds. It's 40 seconds. 40 so, second oh, it, clap? Yeah. I, who that wants is some that on a podcast? Really self-indulgent. That is really it's self-indulgent. Very, very self-indulgent, dear listener. We, we we're podcasting on a on a new platform. I'm using this thing called Riverside now, which allows us to to actually we we, we have video podcast now as well as audio podcast. We're still just putting. Oh it yeah, out looks as an great, doesn't it? Podcast. Looks amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we so can far. see each other. <laughs> yeah, we can. We can see each other, and that's nice. Um, and uh, uh, but but yes, obviously, still an audio podcast. Although I can technically put it out as video if I want wanted to but no one uh, wants to see that no no exactly i think who, who cares about like three guys with mics in their face for an hour it's, it's, yeah. it's not entertaining <laughs> but um but you know it's it's nice i can see your pretty faces and and so yes apologies dear listener if there are any teething problems i've had to do a little we should have done a dry run we haven't so i'm taking a bit of guesswork on sort of uh, everyone's levels and of course mike uh, 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 matt's actually aware mike, of, uh, away mike, at the mike, moment mike knight <laughs> Mike Knight. <laughs> Mike Knight is uh, yeah. <laughs> Matt's Matt's away at the moment, so he's he's purchased himself an, uh, a microphone off of uh, off of Amazon. Matt, Matt, a, Matt just a cheap microphone T- to. Tonner are a reputable mic brand. <laughs> so I have no no idea how that's going to sound, but hopefully good. But uh, but yeah, one of the things that Riverside had, it was like, yeah, also, here's your soundboard. And I was like, oh, yeah. So can you add stuff sound- to it? Can you customise it? Oh, Jay. Jay. <laughs> I am so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> that couldn't have gone better. I love that couldn't it. have gone better. Oh, I love it. Have you I, I was, go on then? What else? What else have you got on there? No, no, that was all for today. That that's was all. It. That's I mean, the only oh, one. Oh, you oh did. no, that's the only one. That's the only one I made. I mean, I've got loads of things. You know, like uh, uh, <clears throat> there's like a, uh, you know. Hey, Good. there you go. There's there's lots of stuff on there as well. I've got laughter tracks. If I tell if I tell a joke and I think it's funny enough. Uh, it's, it's it's wonderful. I've got it all, but uh, but yeah, uh, there you go. I'll, I'll include more jingles as uh, as the weeks continue. But oh, I'm so glad you asked. You, you can you can uh, throw it out to uh, listener submitted um, soundboarding as well. Uh, that is a great idea, dear listener. I am so ready for that. If if you want to make jingles for me to trigger to to Jay and Matt and any of the other hosts unaware. Then, uh, then you know that that would be wonderful. I'd, I'd, I'd Mook, Mook has that. already Mook has already turned the podcast <laughs> off so that he can go and record some some jingles. The re- he's not going to listen to the rest of the podcast because Mook is already recording some fun jingles to send over to you, Joe. One hundred percent. He 
He messaged me the other day of Moog mm-hmm. Gravit, our number one longest running uh, Patreon backer and friend of the podcast and wonderful person. He uh, he contacted me and was like, I want to make some more of these uh, these little jingle songs that I did for Guitar Nerds. Uh, if, if you've got any like funny little bits, uh, you know, sampled anywhere, send them my funny way. Little... So, <laughs> I mean, well, you, you know, got, just certainly like... got some funny little bits, yeah. That, that is true. Hidden away <laughs> in, the, in the archives, I mean. <laughs> exactly exactly but yes anyway yeah we're, we're back season three finally got on to season three of the guitar nerds podcast is this so is joke. it like season three of uh true detective where it's Ooh. three different stories happening yeah in the same timeline but like i i can't remember if that's a spoiler so i guess i'll stop talking about it but didn't but we in have all this did, exact conversation did we I think, I think yeah, that was in did. the previous timeline. That was in the previous ah, timeline. But any, anyway, yeah. it's bad actually because so I can't remember the last time that I was on a podcast because obviously I didn't do Gear of the Year this year because you had some upgrades. Mm. Um, so I guess it might be a month since we actually spoke to each other. I mean, obviously we text every day, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I think Joe, that's that that level of patreon backing is still open if someone wants to you know the 150 quid a month they can they can join in the, my number. the secret yeah exactly yeah yeah oh no if anyone wants your number i'll give it to them for free just send me a message great <laughs> uh, um but uh yeah you know we text every day but this is the first time that we've actually spoken for ages first time i've heard that's anybody's true. voice that's true yeah. that's true well it's yes it's i think it, it, um, it Sorry, Jay, go on. No, no, after you, Matt. I, uh, I I thought while you were just saying their third season, I was like, what are the worst third movies in a trilogy? Spider-Man um, 3. And Spider-Man 3 was literally number one. <laughs> well, was, there's nothing wrong with emo Tobey Maguire. Um, Lethal Weapon 3? No. No, Lethal Weapon well, 4 was got- worst. On this list, there's also Blade Trinity, um, which I think Wesley Snipes did purely for, like, money. Uh, It was terrible. Uh, The Matrix Revolutions, also. Mm. Watched recently. Terrible. I also watched it recently. I watched it over Christmas. Watched all three over Christmas in preparation for watching the new one. Were Were they all bad? No, I mean, so the thing is, is, like, two and three have got some okay... There's like an okay story in there, but there's just like a lot of rubbish as well. There's right, that, yeah. there's that weird like party scene in season in episode <laughs> oh, in uh, the second movie, which is just like yeah. a, a rave, a, like an orgy rave that goes on for what feels like forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, come on then, Fettis, let's 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 get on, let's get on with this. But um, I read somewhere about uh, a fan edit that someone did where they basically took movies two and three of the matrix and combined them down into one like really good sequel to the matrix. Um, oh. And I'd, I'd love to see that, but I mean, you know, obviously it's, I would be someone to do that with this podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just edit well, down the last eight years into one, one episode. <laughs> one, one, one episode. There's actually, there's a very popular uh, playlist of uh, the Mars Volta's album, um, Francis the Mute, where someone has edited it down to just the songs rather than the weird noises that occur for about 10 minutes in between nice. each song. It's, it's half the length, but it is very good. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Nice. Nice to not be nice. waiting around for stuff. But, uh, but yes, anyway, yes, welcome. Welcome, dear <laughs> listeners. Season yeah. three. We've uh, we've changed. We've we've upgraded. We've got like finally managed to put out like the new look guitar nerds podcast. We've had a load of artwork done by uh, Jessica Jumpers. She's done our new logo. We've got a bunch of merch that, that she's designed for us that's coming out soon, including the Got Midi uh, T-shirt. That is that is actually finally. coming. But finally, after all this uh, all this time. But yeah, she's done us a, a load of stuff, including all the little characters of all of the hosts. And guest hosts, and uh, and a whole new look Instagram. I've been uh, kind of leaning into uh, to to reels, the the option to have little thirty second videos. I think it's quite a nice way to showcase gear quickly without having to you know make a big long uh, sort of YouTube demo. I'll leave that to better better players than me. But uh, but it's really nice to do little samples of pedals and uh, and just also to to include a few guitars and just show them like show them off without playing just talking about the guitars and showing them in a more of a sort of podcast with a with a visual aspect in a little 30 second snippet but you know we've uh, we whilst we're recording this podcast we've I did the uh, the KMA Guardian of the Worm which is their uh, their HM2 style pedal with a with a built-in noise gate. I thought that's really good. It's lovely that it's got the, those two separate, well, the eight bands of of shapeable EQ as well. So it makes it a really, uh, 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 you know, an HM2 that you can get very very specific on how you shape the 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 drive tone. And that noise gate's super handy as well for the sort of things you would use an HM2 for. So. I really enjoyed that. I had a, a Surely little it's all with... about the noise. Death metal. You want <laughs> maximum noise? That's yes, that's true. That's true. I. No, I tell you what. My, my honest thing with noise gates is, I'm just not the sort of player for them. I don't really know, you know, because it's a pedal that does its job when you're not playing, and that that I don't understand. But uh, but you know, it's uh, you, I did find you could dime it and use it as a kill switch. And uh, that that was a bit more handy for me. I did enjoy that. But uh, but stupidly I did the... expensive kill switch. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and I did the solid gold effects ether as well, which is their modulated reverb, which is very lovely. It's um, it's a reverb that uh, applies like tremolo to your reverb tails, and also has a shimmer option on there as well and then you've got your standard things that you'd expect with a sort of vibrato tremolo-y style effect so you can increase the speed and the wobble um uh for for the tails but it's nice to kind of have your clean guitar in front and then have your tails doing all the crazy stuff you know if it's so often if you do that separately if you're using a vibrato or a tremolo and then a reverb. You've already got the choppy modulated sound in the first place, and then all these tails. It's just a bit sloppy. Whereas this allows you to keep the the fundamentals clean, the essence of what you're playing clean, and still have these cool, crazy tails. So I very much enjoyed that. So that was a that was a lovely pedal. Um, and then yeah, I was I looking think, at. Um, oh, go on. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Joe. I was going to say, I, I think for some reason, did this pedal like fall under the radar slightly? It's like, I'm sure I saw it Definitely. mentioned, but it, I hadn't actually seen a video until you put it up on Instagram. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it really did. Um, we didn't talk about it too much when it came out. I think um, I think it came out maybe around the time that a lot of other things had happened, or I think we were, it was towards the end of the year and, you know, we had gear of the year and things like that to, to contend with at the time. But... It is really cool and really interesting. It's actually a slightly different take on a very well-trodden path in the, you know, sort of shimmery reverb by adding the the modulation just to the end result of your sound. Um, I, I was a big fan. Very impressed. A very cool pedal. I'll try and do some more things with it, I think, because it is cool. 
Guitar Nerds are teaming up with Music Nomad. Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers and touring techs in over 40 countries. Pro quality but affordable, Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help their guitars look, sound and play their best. Whether changing strings, setting up your guitar or detailing every inch of your gear, Music Nomad products are designed and engineered to be best in class. From top to bottom, each product is so well thought out and it's clear their passion for guitar care is unmatched. With over 75 industry-leading products, it's hard to talk about them all, but some of the favourites are the 100% natural fretboard oil that cleans and conditions your fingerboard like no other. The Guitar Tech tool sets can adjust just about everything on a guitar, string-changing tools that make changing strings a breeze and actually fun. And last but not least, they demystified the guitar setup process by developing their new innovative Keep It Simple Setup, aka KISS for guitar setups. Make sure you check out what all the buzz is around Music Nomad as they are truly redefining and raising the bar in equipment care. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com or follow them on social media at Music Nomad Care. Yeah, I, I just, for some reason, this one completely passed me by. I think it came out in November, but I like the fact that you've also got a nice infinite hold on there as well. Very, very cool. I need to, uh, you should do some more on it, Joe. Absolutely, I think. But uh, loads of, loads of control actually looking at the website loads of stuff i didn't even realize you can change the waveform the modulation um and you've got uh high pass and low pass filter control so very very cool for that kind of well i guess ethereal delay as the name as the name would suggest <laughs> ethereal I, I believe it's uh it's pronounced <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, it definitely it definitely seems super cool. Um, and I was taking a look at a couple of guitars as well, just just offsets um, to start with. So I had my my Harmony Silhouette in in slate with its gold foil mini humbuckers, lovely sort of simple, very well built guitar, and the uh, the Fender American Professional Two Series Jazzmaster in um, in Dark Knight, the uh, the reverse black to blue. Which is lovely, which is a fantastic guitar. For me, I, I feel like the the Jazzmaster is such a a jangly instrument. It's such a specific sound that it never really made its way into the everyday guitar. Like, you know, you can have a Les Paul or a Telecaster for most things, even a Strat for most things, whereas the Jazzmaster is a very, very specific application. Um and for me, having not spent the most amount of time with Jazz Masters, I thought the American Professional 2 made this a much more, kept that jangly nature, but made it a bit more of a, a bit more palatable, a bit more general purpose. Um, I think it's those, uh, um, the pickups. What are the pickups in the American Pro 2? Oh, I'm, I'm going to. They're the V mods. V mods, that's it. V mod twos. Yeah. yeah but the thing with that, I think, is the, the trem, the, like, the total redesigned trem on that is uh mm. is really really good there's there's been some really good videos on it and just how different it is uh mike adams pusheen put up a couple of really interesting videos and and ryan has talked about it a lot from 60 cycle harm and mm. there's some there's some a lot going on there from people who know a lot more about jazz masters than uh, anybody needs to frankly <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, they are they've done some really really interesting stuff but um but I, I tell you joe speaking of um harmony speaking of silhouettes over uh christmas i was um i mean you know this obviously but for the listener uh i was in um america visiting my girlfriend's family and uh the one day that i risked going out i risked because uh, we were there obviously whilst we're, you know, in the, as the US was experiencing kind of a buildup of Omicron, uh, we, I, the one day that I went out, I did go to a guitar shop. I went to uh, Russo Music in, uh, in Philadelphia and uh, they had the, they had the harmonies, um, had the harmonies there out uh, for people to try. They also had, um, and, you know, this is very gear of the year uh, adjacent. They had the audio kitchen, big trees, um oh. out there as well they were the i think the only shop in the u.s where you can get them um so so that was uh that, that was is, cool that and it was great oddly to see specific the the what that they had 
Yeah, what, that they what, had what the, 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 I mean, sorry, so or, or, like incredibly fortuitous and random that the one yeah. shop you went into was the one <laughs> shop that did. <laughs> yeah, well, you can get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I also, whilst I was out there, I, I picked up, they had um, the String Joy, they had String Joy strings in the, in the shop. So, um, Blake will be happy to know that I picked up a set of uh, 50 to 105 string, do- string joy bass strings, which I'll be Ooh. putting on at some point the next time I need to restring my bass. So, you know, in probably 2031, um, <laughs> I'll pop those on. And uh, yeah, looking forward. But yeah, it was, it was great. It was, uh, it was wicked. To- Russo's like quite a new shop. They, for, for one reason or another, Philadelphia, despite having a bunch of kind of smaller guitar shops and DePinto being based there and, and, and uh, you know, a few other more boutique places. There was no kind of big mainstream guitar shop, which I always thought was really strange. Like there's no guitar center, not in Philadelphia, considering it's like, oh, really? the, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Considering it's like the fourth or fifth or sixth biggest city in the U S like it's, Maybe maybe a little bit lower down the list than that. Maybe it's in the top ten biggest cities in the US. And uh, yeah, there's no it's no certainly Sam Ash. a well known city. Yeah, yeah and it, it was weird that there was no big guitar shop. So yeah, Russo opened up there. They've got they've got one in New Jersey. There's a couple of others, and uh, it's run by a friend of mine. And uh, yeah, it was it was great to see it and um, had some cool stuff. But yeah, they had the harmony silhouette. It was just like it felt really funny being in there and seeing the the harmony silhouette in there and the audio kitchen big trees and uh you know all of this other stuff they had all the heritage stuff they had all the tone masters and and uh like all the stuff that we talk about it was just it was really funny seeing it all in one place it was uh it was nice it was cool it's very fun I bet, I bet. How very cool, mm. how very cool. And uh, and yes, yeah, so you know, speaking of of gear of the year, how how are you feeling, Matt, in the in the wake of gear of the year, twenty twenty one? Do you feel like the right decisions were made? Uh, I think so. I think so. I was just, look, I, do you know what? This year, I'm just looking at some of the stuff that's already been announced, and I, I don't know really what's. I guess there's no, there's no NAM, but already feels like a stronger year uh, in in some ways. And looking back at the stuff that we talked about, I think again there was a lot of compacts, a lot of guitar pedals, as always. That sort of the flow never stops with with those products. Guitar and, and amp model, I I still feel a bit confused about hmm. overall um and i've and i've seen a lot of other gear of the year lists uh from various other youtubers and, and stuff over the last few weeks and all the thumbnails have quad cortex uh, everyone yeah. has been like yeah. oh it's totally gear of the year but i see less and less people like talking about it in some ways i'm not saying i think as we spoke on gear of the year not saying that it's a bad piece of gear it's just not for everyone i can see what they're trying to do and their plugins are fantastic um but i I think we we ranked it you know fairly um and i think there was quite a good discussion about that and i think to be honest probably was one of the top pieces of gear in terms of taking the next next step for multi-effects um and then i did see someone play the ibanez azs um which everyone sort of uh well, no one, no one liked apart from me because everyone thought the trem looked weird. And then I saw it on someone the other day, and I was like, "The trem does look weird." Thanks for pointing that out, uh, <laughs> Mikey and Thorpey, because it looked perfectly normal until someone uh, someone noticed it. But no, I, you know, actually made me realise looking back on it, a lot of really cool uh, squires, squires and fenders. You know, I, things I, like I, the. I think squire and fender played played a blinder. I mean, the the thing is, it was that um, that paranet parallel. Uh, paranormal. Yeah, sorry, paranormal. Mm. God, all the dates. Uh, but parallel yeah, paranormal. That's where we yeah. live. The parallel normal <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I thought Squire really nailed it with the paranormal stuff. When I was coming to sort of list something from that range, because normally we'd pick, you know, one thing. I, I in the end, I was like, oh, I, I can't. I have to pick a few because there were, you know, the supersonic is. A remarkable guitar, wonderful to have back in in a range. And just you know, even if you were to think five years ago, ten years ago, imagine Squire releasing an upside down shell pink guitar with a torque guard. Like it, it, it was so wonderfully weird and brilliant. Um, I was so happy to have it in the range. And of course, the uh, the baritone Cabernita Telecaster um, was a fantastic instrument and lovely to have Cabernitas available at such 
baritone cabernetas available at such an affordable price um i think did, did you see did yogi the guitarist get one recently and post it on uh, on our on the guitar nerds facebook group i think i saw that um but yeah what an absolutely fantastic guitar there was a lot of stuff i still for me my favorite i was thinking about you know my 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 favorite uh thing that the fender and squire released probably the noventa telecaster i still really liked it i, I think what a, what an awesome cool unusual unique brilliant guitar to have for you know way under a thousand pounds on the on the marketplace very cool indeed yeah, there, there was, you know, looking back, there was definitely some cool stuff last year. I think it's always interesting to look back on the previous year and then look back in like five years and go, what were we thinking? Or that's still an incredible... Because <laughs> um, I think this this year marks like, what, 10 or 11 years since the Strymon timeline. Is it? Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, I think so. And and over 20 years now, obviously, of, of things like the DL4. So... You know, I think this this it'd be good to look back in in a few years, as we have done with previous gears of the year, and gone. Was that really the best choice, or has that just everyone forgotten about that? Um, but no, I think there was there was some cool stuff and some pedals that I'm seeing on this list. Going, oh yeah, I know we only talked about it a month ago, but totally forgot about that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there were still a lot of effects that came out um, that came out in 2021, so it was it was easy easy for things to end up kind of under under the radar it was definitely the the busiest category in comparison to guitars and of course amplifiers and of course the first year that we've only done three categories we got rid of all the additionals that we would normally have um just because of the you know gen mm. generally less things were um were released uh but but yeah there were yeah an awful lot of very very cool things um I, I'm I'm happy with our list. You know, speaking about uh, the things that we looking back on previous gear of the years, I I'm, I feel like I'm coming in in circles on things that I I thought were good or bad because I'm back to thinking that the the Vint Mod Base Six was the best thing ever released, and uh, I think there was a point in time where what, we were in like, 2013, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's pro, yeah. Probably top five things released between 2013 and now. Crikey! That's, that's one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Top ten but, at least. But but that I mean I think the classic vibe, the newer version's better. Oh, it is. Oh yes, absolutely. But <laughs> so so what is, a, it, is that? That's in the top five, and then the Vimod version's in the top ten. Uh, yeah, there, there might be a problem. It, more the more the, <laughs> the, 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 the concept, the, mod, the idea. The con yes, and yeah, and yeah, actually, yeah. that's something I argued against on Gear of the Year, saying we can't. You know, it should be we should be talking about the guitar, not what it means to the community. I, but yeah, I'm wrong. The 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 <laughs> basics, the Vintmod basics, means a lot. Bringing that sort of instrument to an affordable marketplace was very important, and I think it inspired a lot of people. It's just taken time. Maybe it hasn't had quite the massive impact that we thought it would, but it's still there. I, I'm I'm certainly, as you can guess, I'm actually playing mine at the moment, which is probably why I, I think about that. think about that. Had to get some new strings. Had to get some new Labella. I saw you bought some five hundred quid strings. <laughs> 75 pounds for a set of flat wound basic strings and i know that you, you like you know it was pointed out to me on the threads that i posted about it. there are plenty of affordable options and there absolutely are it's just they're all round wound if you want to find flat wound mm. basic strings labella are pretty much the only company doing it and there's a 75 squid um but they are very good they are very good so i thoroughly thoroughly recommend them yes but, uh, How many sets do they sell in a year, though? That's 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 the thing. Are they like uh, one of those m massively boutique, like hi-fi companies? They're like, we sell three TVs a year because each TV is just horrendously expensive. They're like, yeah, we only need to sell like I don't know, a few thousand sets a year because they're like seventy quid each. Um, maybe, maybe. Just, I mean, I do. I buy their normal bass strings as well, and they're fifty pounds a pop. I just got a set of their. Um, of their flats for for a medium scale flats for a bass that I've got for my J Douglas. Um, how um, how often do you change your strings, Mister Joe Branton? Oh, it, it it's when I I, I go through uh, phases of wanting to be very eighties. Therefore, I want like really zingy round wounds and lots of chorus on my sound. 
And then I go through phases of uh, wanting to sound like Paul McCartney. And so I want flat wounds and no sustain. And so it's not when strings run out. It's when I'm in a phase that I change the strings, if that makes sense. Ah. Yeah, there you go. So it's not but, depending yeah. on what the band is doing at any one time. Oh no, no! I, 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 my, my mere presence in the band is is detrimental. You know, just because I'm constantly changing an idea of what I want things to be. So I might have written a song with one idea and then change my mind about how I want to be as a bass player, and I'll try and shoehorn in the new. So oh, it's terrible. I'm a, I'm a constant, a, a constant effort. But you know, I, I wanted. To, I was thinking about getting some tape wounds again. I've, I've put tape wounds on a precision bass before, and I wasn't really feeling it. But I've got this Epiphone EB One, um, sort of you know, like a solid body violin bass, or yeah, EB One. Um, and I'm thinking tape wounds. So I was looking at Labella tapes, um, and they're they again, they're like sixty pounds. So, ugh, strings it should be cheaper. <laughs> but yes. But uh, yeah, speaking of the band, I went to went to the recording studio just before Christmas. Um, Got COVID? Oh yeah, you d- <laughs> I did get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the lengths that you will go for for the math rock community, it's uh, it's <laughs> truly unparalleled, Joe. Uh, yes, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was uh, you know seven of us, seven of us, so five five band members, two producers, staying in a in a dorm in um, in Nursling just outside of Southampton, this lovely studio called The Ranch. And, uh, yeah, only two of us got it. Yeah. We, we, were the, we were the two that did the shop on the first day, like popped out to Sainsbury's to get all food and things. So I oh, really? There, yeah, that's, that's wow, it. Okay. But, but amazing. No one else got it. No one else got it. Everyone else survived. But, uh, but you know, it was – I had a wonderful studio experience – um, we got to use some fantastic stuff. The ranch had some great gear. We got an old early 60s AC30. We were playing that at practically full volume. Tim's sound was a mix of the old AC30 and uh, a Fender Deluxe um, that we got to set up in their, in their big barn room at ridiculously loud volumes. Although there was a big trees there as well, which I did try and talk them into, but I think they wanted that organic lo-fi sound they had an old fender Rhodes. that was uh wow that no that was a fun thing an old an old 60s fender Rhodes. so we recorded all the all the roadsy organ parts through that which was lots of fun um and i tell you what was the star the effects star of the whole thing the the uh redbeard angry rhubarb it's all right, mate. He's he's already done gear. He's not he's not on this one. <laughs> he's, he's not here now. He's not on this one. Head. Have you forgotten I who's see. who's on who's on this podcast, mate? <laughs> yes, yes, of course. But it it was wonderful, incredibly versatile. Like I never thought about just the way that the EQ works because you've got three stages of drive, and then you've got essentially like a single, like a. a, a, a like the coctoir thing, you know, that peaked single frequency thing that you can just sort of roll around and then you can boost that or cut it and apply drive to that. That's that's very versatile. It gives you an awful lot of drive tones and quite intuitive, you, you know, it's quite straightforward to control it and easy to create completely different sounds. So when it comes to layering guitars, it was essentially the pedal that did, you know, probably 90% of the heavy lifting. It was, it was very good. Wow. Yeah, I, uh, That's I, cool. I, so when's, when's the record coming out? What's the, uh, what's the timeline? Oh, who, who knows, you know, probably September <laughs> now it's, it's because, uh, because no one can actually release, uh, vinyl still, can they? Because there's, yeah, there's a huge the... six month year long waiting list. Yeah. There's just a huge shortage on record, uh, like pressing plant capacity mm. and stuff. Exactly. Uh, apparently you're down to Adele I saw that she was uh, well, she put out because her record they printed something like half a million copies which makes it like certainly the most pressed record of you know the of the 21st century or whatever um, but you know I, I think there are I, I saw it's really funny like I just seeing all these punks get upset that they're like you know crap seven inch that nobody's going to buy won't get pressed for a year because 
oh, Adele's put out a record that half a million people are going to buy. It's like, okay, you know, <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like, hmm. yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, I think, yeah, whatever. It's There's nothing that anyone can do about it. It's just one of those things, you know. I think yeah. um, one thing that's actually quite cool about that Adele record, which um, I was reading about the other day, is she got Spotify and other platforms to remove the shuffle button. Yeah from her album they were like if you're going to listen to it you're going to listen to it all the way through without changing the order i was like that's really good well yeah i mean you can like, playlist it if you want to you know yeah but that's that's so much work jay i mean i, I just, just want to click on the record you know you just want to click on it and you just want it to play it through unless i'm like best of brian eno then you know just just press play what well, on, on music for airports just push play yeah that's the best of brian yeah. eno no I, I yeah i just i just like shuffling that one oh, track it, oh, play random bits <laughs> um, yeah i mean like it's it's part of me thinks that's kind of uh, you know i realize this isn't exactly the podcast the platform to talk about it but part of me feels like it's a little old man yells at cloud you know it, it's people like us artists or whatever getting upset that people make playlists of their music and don't listen to the album the whole way through and it's like well you know there's some duff tracks on it mate what do you want me to what do you want me to do (laughs) like you know and and i i i say that but like i don't really listen to playlists like i listen to albums like just basically all killer no filler well yeah by some 41 great record (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) start to finish exactly no but like you know I just, well, whatever. Like, some people like to listen to music on shuffle. Some people like to listen to playlists, whatever. Like, there are more important things in the world than getting upset about it. But, you know, if you can take away the, if you can give people the option to do one or the other, then I think it's fine. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it doesn't bother me how people listen to my music as long as they listen to it, which. As long as course... they buy it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. As long as they buy it on vinyl when it eventually comes out in three years. But, so uh, what are you, yeah. are you are you planning a planning a tour for it as well? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sure that there will be a tour later in the year. We have lots of tours com- coming up this year. I think because you know everyone books tours and they've all been cancelled and benched, so they've sort of all come around this year. So uh, yeah. I think you know we've got a little one in February, then we're going to Ireland in in like March at some point or something like that. I don't know. There's there's loads. There seems like there's loads. Whether or not they'll happen is another thing. But And we'll, we'll arrange yeah. a, a tour when we know when we're releasing the record. Of course, now comes the... Uh, now comes the us going back in, tracking extra synths and weird sounds, arguing about sax distortion effects and things like that. So there'll be there'll be a good portion of time of us <laughs> messing around with it before <laughs> before anything happens. But you know, for for guitar, for Tim's guitar, one of the crucial things we we knew was going to be the case for this record was fuzz. Um, and so I I brought with us like lots of fuzz pedals and. Of course, uh, you know, I really loved the sort of gold imperial fuzz. I thought it was an absolutely imperial fuzz mark two. Sorry, really loved it. Thought it was an absolutely fantastic pedal. So I brought that along with a load of other effects. And I, I knew I was going to be pushing for the imperial fuzz. Um, and, you know, Tim AB'd an awful lot of things. And the thing he ended up using, the the Earthquaker devices, uh, Hizumitas, Hizumitas, that one. Um, what an absolutely fantastic pedal, a sort of Big Muff clone. Uh, the signature uh, pedal for one of the guitarists in Boris, um, based on their... I can't remember the name of the pedal that it's based on, but it's essentially a Japanese clone of um, a Big Muff. It sounds absolutely fantastic. The tone works in an unusual way. It's almost reversed the way that you would expect. Um, I didn't. I didn't sort of look up what the controls meant, but it certainly feels like a um, a muffling occurs the more you dime the tone <laughs> control. Oh, this is obviously the muff control. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, yeah I, I just. I was just trying to have a look, and then I searched Boris, and if you live in the UK, searching Boris brings up nothing about the band. Um, I think, if I remember rightly, it's based off a big muff clone called by a company called Elk. Yes, I that's, correct. Say Elk. that's correct. Yes. Um, and it's 
a clone of the exact one that uh, she uses on tour, I think, or mm. uses on the record. It was always used. Um, I mean, a ridiculous band, Boris. I, I've, you- I've not listened, not listened to loads of it, but the stuff I've listened to, I'm just like. I'm in. It's great. I absolutely love Boris. I they were uh, one of my um, most listened to bands of lo- of the last couple of years. Oh really? Um, what what yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing are they, Jay? They're a doom band. Uh, kind of primary. That's kind of you know the the spark notes is they're a they're a they're a doom band. They're really right. prolific. They've been a band for I don't know twenty twenty five years, and they have put out something like thirty LPs. Uh, they're just constantly, constantly doing stuff. The 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 like the big record that they're kind of probably their most popular record is is called Pink, um, which came out in like two thousand four or something. Um, and let's have a quick look. When did Pink come out? 2006 is when Pink came out and um they that record is amazing but they've done they've done so much stuff like loads of collaborative records they did a record called um Alter which is um a split like a collaborative record they did with Sun and uh that is really oh, wow. good um and then my the one that I listen to the most is a record they put out in 2020 which is a split with Mersbo. Um, so, and if you know anything about Mersbo, who's a like Japanese noise artist who is uh, just extremely prolific and has done all sorts of stuff. Um, we've talked about Mersbo in the past because he uh, put out a record about 10 and probably about 15 years ago where he only made one copy of the record. <laughs> yeah. And it was sealed in the uh cd player of a car and you had to buy the car and you could only listen to the record in the car uh and so like he sold this for like 200 grand or something and uh yes yeah, he's always the cd in the car afterwards the cd was in the car and you couldn't take it out so wow. good so, but, so good but uh boris did a did a did like a collaborative record with Mersbo. Yeah, uh, like eighteen months ago, and it's so good. I, I mean, I absolutely love it. But uh, and they, they did another record last year called No. I mean, trying to find, uh, try, you know, thank goodness for like Spotify or whatever. Because imagine trying to, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna Google some information on the the record No by the band Boris. It's like imagine trying to do that when you live in the UK. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they're they're amazing, Joe. I think you'd really be into them. Um, oh, they yeah. are I'll they're wicked, out. really great doom band. Um, they're also um, really really cool in the gear that they use they have always been like quite um uh quite like they're they're quite involved in in the gear world i mean they have been big um uh like supporters of metaverse um and they they really yeah 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 yeah. they use an air trash live um and uh they like the air trash is like always on their boards and um yeah a bunch of uh, they're always posting about metaverse as well from on their instagram Uh, but yeah they're just an absolutely amazing band i love them they're if you're into kind of heavy or weird music at all i would really recommend if you're into heavy stuff and you want to check them out the record pink is kind of a good jumping off point and then the um the split that they did with uh sun is really really good um and if you want something a little bit weirder then i would definitely recommend this the the second collaborative record that they did with uh Mersbo, which came out in 2020 because it is just it's so good it's like that i i has got to be one of my most listened to records of the last couple of years it's just it's so good i love it well, I will absolutely Sorry, I didn't mean to go off, but and, I just, and, I, you know, yeah, I absolutely, absolutely their, love their Boris fuzz so is much. They're completely so fantastic. You know, the the Earthquaker Devices fuzz based on the Elk BF sustainer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely brilliant. Like, uh, it, it sounds like a big muff, but it sounds like a very, very, very good big muff. There were big, you know, Big box, big muffs there for us to A, B with, as as well as a load of other sort of clones and trad stuff, um, as well as a load of digital uh, fuzzes as well from uh, from things like the, the GT1000 core and stuff. We, we had a bunch of fuzzes and it was easily the best vintage sounding fuzz. And yeah, between... Between the Redbeard Angry Rhubarb and the uh, Earthquaker Devices... Um, Hizumitas. I don't know how to say that. Between those two pedals, 
that was essentially the guitar sound going into an old AC30 and a and a Fender Deluxe. Um, Looks great were, as well. That pedal. Yeah, it yeah. does. It looks. I really like the logo on the front. Love. I just love the color. Yeah, it's the, a really the, nice it's purple, like purple, isn't it? Yeah, it's just really cool. And actually, on her on the website, she is wearing possibly the best hat I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at the picture. I'm like, oh my gosh, that hat giant, is enormous. <laughs> it's like a giant hat. Um, and I and I really hope that hat comes with special editions of that pedal i'd be disappointed <laughs> if i bought that pedal and it did not come with that hat that the hat um, is the same size as her les paul the brim of that hat is equally as <laughs> yeah. long as her les paul um so, but that's cool i'm 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 keen to uh yeah i'm, I'm keen to to try that at some mm. point i reckon that'd be really good and yeah it's like a different take on on uh just a kind of straight up big muff clone i guess absolutely like it's one of those things isn't it it's not it's not reinventing the wheel here. It's it is just a big muff clone. There's there's nothing. It's three controls. It is just a big muff muff clone. It just happens to sound really fantastic when you're actually diming an amp or two amps. When you're diming two thirty watt valve amps in a big barn, um, this happened to be just the perfect sounding fuzz to put in front of that. It was a a wonderful wall of sound and you know. Tough to beat, tough to beat. Very good. Well, well worth checking out, dear listener. And I think Reverb also listed it as. A, I think it was. It might not. It was one of the best-selling new releases of uh, of 2021 on on Reverb.com for them. So obviously people are yeah, people are aware and people are purchasing it. But uh, dear listener, if you've not checked it out, check it out. It's very good, very good. I, well, I tell I tell you what's next is uh, so Earthquake obviously did the um, they did that Sun pedal, didn't they? Last year, or year before oh, last. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a, uh, the life, yeah. the life, the life pedal. So, life. so they did that, and they've now done a uh, Boris pedal. You know what's next? Is the um, Sun Boris Earthquaker split pedal? That's what we need. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to say like the mer- the the uh, the car. They're like, yeah, we're, oh yeah, we're <laughs> the car. Yeah. Yeah, but it's for like you know the modern uh, the modern um, gear nerd. So it's actually like a uh, a bike. It's just a yeah. yeah it's just it's just yeah. a bike with a with a tape player uh, gaffer tape to it. I, that, that I'm sure we've we, I'm sure we've mentioned it before. But at one point, uh, a, a quite a number of years ago now, Roland actually designed all of the sounds for a car. Um, so you could actually buy an electric guitar, uh, electric car, and all the sounds um were created by like roland since um which is yeah imagine releasing that it's like yeah we've we've collaborated with so Tesla. I don't, so was it a silent car and then it had like digital revving noises yeah right and all the all the like the beeps and like when you plug your seatbelt <laughs> in or when you open the door or whatever it was all it was all roland since right that's okay all right, that's that's. That sounds, <laughs> so there you go. That sounds worthwhile. Uh, I would definitely purchase that. Yeah, um, I don't think it took off. <laughs> I don't I do not think <laughs> that car took off. Uh, I I saw uh, actually, Matt, you you told me about this. You saw this interesting article that uh, came out on on Reverb the other day. Uh, the gear that's turning vintage in two thousand and twenty two. I know this. This is scary uh in some ways so um i think most people the the universal acknowledgement is that uh gear turns vintage once it hits 30 years old and it's very depressing to realize that 30 years ago was 1992 um <laughs> because i always think of like 30 years ago it's like the 70s or something and it? it's like you know the eagles are on the radio it's like no <laughs> I mean, the eagles. You know? The eagles are on the radio now, mate. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, but you know, I'm 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 talking about you know when they were popular. I guess actually they probably are still very very popular. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Reverb have put out a list of the gear turning vintage in 2022, and um, there there was a couple of amazing entries actually, and some some really interesting ones. Uh, so the first one was the Mesa Boogie dual and triple rectifiers. <laughs> wow, they were 92. Uh, 
1992. Wow. So if you buy a 1992 Mesa Boogie, first year Mesa Boogie, dual or triple rectifier, um, it's classed as vintage gear. Um, and as they've put it, it would be an understatement to say that when alt rock ruled the airwaves, Mesa Boogie's rectifier amps ruled alt rock. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, certainly all of the music that I listened to when I was a teenager, um, all basically yeah used one of those amplifiers and crazy to think yeah 1992 was the first release date the first year of that of that product yeah well i think i i mean those those amps definitely don't get the i feel like in in kind of today's environment they don't get the recognition that they deserved because you know it's easy to kind of joke and say because i think it's fair to say that with no dual rec there wouldn't have been new metal, and it's very easy Absolutely. to it's very easy to joke and say, "Well, I wish there hadn't been a jewel red," you know, because of is, is, is that whatever. What they're, but they're for is that? Is I think that, that's sorry, where no, they finish your point before. I no, no, no. That. I just I just think it's it's it, you know they became so synonymous with that, but like right, loads of bands were using like you know Metallica used them. I mean, Green Day were using them. It's it, really wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Rancid. I think Tim Armstrong was still playing one until oh. fairly recently in Rancid. And wow, it's it, it it's just it's so funny how those amps were were like they dominated new metal and kind of punk in the in the 2000s well the 90s i guess and then they just disappeared you know they just they just disappeared when people stopped using big amps and like nowadays you see someone using a dual rack or a triple rack you're like bloody hell look at that blast from the past i think um i think so much of it must be driven by like studio engineers and you just think like all the bands that follow other bands like, oh we want to sound like that band and yeah in particular you know producers engineers it's like, oh we'll dig out yeah you've got to have a mess of boogie and then it's just like as soon as the next thing comes along everyone's like hey, you've got to have one of those i mean i don't even know what i would say is you know you could like you say you could quite easily define new metal as like a prs uh, a into mess- a dual wreck that's yeah, to me. Ab- that's what absolutely. new metal is. It's a PRS into a dual rec, and and I guess because right. things feel more diverse now in terms of the music you can listen to, I don't think there's a defining, quite such a defining piece of kit. In some ways, you know, like Joe, when you're in the studio, would you have gone that like there's a particular amp that defines the sound of math rock? I mean, I know lots of people use orange amps and stuff, but you know, not to the level that not ex- not no no not specifically. No, it's not like there's nothing for the genre. The same same can be said for, you know, prog. There's nothing for the genre. I, I don't know. Does mm. punk have it a bit, though, with the, the Marshall JCM? Yeah, maybe JCM 800, you know, maybe that's... But I, I also think that, again, that's another amp that kind of you just don't see very much. I think people are just playing Hot Rod Deluxes. Right. Like, that's probably what... When And I realise, you know, I haven't been to many gigs in the last couple of years and I haven't really put on many shows for the last... Well, you know, eighteen m- months, two years or so before before that. But when I was putting on a lot of gigs, you know, over, between sort of twenty ten and twenty, I don't know, eighteen, I was putting on a lot of shows, and I reckon the the Hot Rod Deluxe is probably the most common amp. Um, do you think there's been a move towards combos? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do because it's it's just you know people don't want cabs and you don't you sort of don't mm. need cabs when you're only playing in front of 50 people which is uh all the bands who i like <laughs> that's the, the you know they're within a hundred mile radius there's probably about 50 people that like them so you know you don't need a big amp because a hot rod deluxe is plenty big enough for that but yeah i mean you know in terms of recordings and stuff jcm 800 still probably the probably the defining amp i would i would suggest yeah, yeah. With, yeah. Well, you know, with, with sorry, Mr. Yeah. Boogie, when it, when it comes to those bigger amps, because they're just, they're an amp brand that we don't actually talk about very much, but I have no idea about because they didn't really ever do bass stuff when we all worked mm. at, at, at GAC. So I never saw it out there. And sure, it was it was in the main shop, but it didn't ever seem to be something that was being played in genres that appealed to me. So I just knew nothing about it other than it was expensive and often big. And there was that uh, that that twenty five. I remember really early in the podcast they did a, a like a lunchbox thing, and Matt, you were raving about it. Um, the transatlantic, yeah. Is that is that um, what it was called? Yeah, the transatlantics were 
awesome. They did a 15 and a 30. Uh, I think, unfortunately now, discontinued. But that was their kind of... They, I mean, they were high-end in the sense that I think they were a thousand pounds or eleven hundred pounds, considering that we were selling, you know, um, tiny terrors for by the three hundred truckload, three hundred quid, three hundred and eighteen quid is how much the tiny terrors were for, <laughs> for years. And I don't, I don't know why I remember that, but I did for years. They were three hundred and eighteen quid. That's yeah. so affordable. Yeah, but they, I, I always preferred the mini wreck because they did a small version. Mini wreck was cool. After the after the kind of the success of the transatlantics, they did a just a smaller version of a dual wreck, and it was a two channel uh, mini wreck. Called like uh, the well, five or something like that. that no that was is something that, else so that was the mark was it? that was the mark series which uh, is something that they've done throughout basically the, their entire uh existence but when we were at gack towards the end of our time at gack the mark 5 was the new version and then they brought out a smaller version of the mark 5 which was the mark 525 and then there was also the mark 550 and um they were that was again it was just kind of a high quality small head and and they did a, a combo as well um but yeah it's um it was always kind of in the uh you know too too rich for us at that oh, time yeah. you know not now obviously with us all being multi quadrillionaires <laughs> yeah oh you're only a millionaire still okay yeah, oh you. yeah sorry things bad are, investments yeah yeah of course of course yeah a couple of bad investments you know now speaking as a multi quadrillionaire um if i could go back i absolutely would you know but it's um you know they no they they were they no they were really good amps and i i think i kind of for me it feels like they kind of suffered a little in the same way as gibson did in that like that stuff just kind of went out of fashion with people like us for for the for a time and i'm sure if we were going back and doing it all over again things would be completely different but um you know they were they were very very popular amps and continue to be very very popular amps and like a jewel wreck for me is that's like you know that's if you're putting together a list of iconic amps, a dual wreck is absolutely up there. They look wicked. You know, they look very 90s. But yeah. that <laughs> tread plate is just, they look so cool, man. Like nothing looks else like, looks, like a, looks like a dual wreck. The offspring, that's what it looks like to yeah, me. To- totally. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying, though, is, is bands like that, bands who were big in the 90s. And, you know, after kind of the, the after, after, um what's really funny and we've probably talked about this because we've talked about everything on the on the podcast before but smash by the offspring came out in 1994 and it came out the week that kurt cobain uh killed himself and so part of the success of smash which i'm not sure if it still is but for years it was the most successful uh most successful uh non-major label record of all time it did something like 30 million copies and a lot of the success was kind of uh pushed on the fact that grunge was dead as far as the music press was concerned and they they were saying right you know pushing this narrative of right what's next and just in a very lazy fashion people looked to punk because the because smash came out the same week and um but yeah like that's what that's what Dexter Holland was using. Uh was using was using a dual wreck and um Right, wow. And and, and of I course think, later I'm, ended I'm up with sure, an Ibanez. I'm fairly with, sure. Uh... I, I'm actually I'm I'm almost certain that Nevermind, which no, it couldn't have been Nevermind, maybe it's in utero, that the, the guitars are double tracked on a boogie, or that Kirk Bain had a boogie right towards the end i think right um and and i and i wonder again if a lot of perhaps it's driven by like what touring companies have and like higher companies and backline companies it's like oh yeah we've got boogies because everyone's using boogies and mm. just more people use it then they take it in the studio and it just sort of like snowballs into you know this massive thing and yeah and then and then like you say overnight sort of just disappeared just very bizarre. Just people stop using them. I think. I think they just got to. To my mind, it's just the same thing as. As it's like they really were so um, synonymous with new metal, and I think people just wanted to move away from that because it was just so unbelievable. It just became so uncool. Just new metal just became so uncool so quickly, and um, 
I, you know, I, I, I was definitely of that mind. I, when I was in my early teens, I was like big into Limp Bizkit and, and uh, System of a Down. And, and then I kind of discovered punk and Scar and all of a sudden, oh, new metal. That's so rubbish. It's so boring. It's so lame. And as you do when you're a teenager, you, you, you become very tribal about these things. Tribal being a, uh, you know, <laughs> a very prescient word when we're talking about uh, new metal. But um, it's... <laughs> It, it's uh i i think people just like moved away from it but you know i think we talked about it fairly recently last summer i uh was on a drive down to cornwall i put on uh chocolate starfish that record's so good it's so good and it sounds amazing and there's some absolute bangers on there and uh yeah i don't know it's just it's so funny how tastes just like just shift and the guitar world is 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 no different not really no, no. Well, the, well, this this conversation is, you know, an example of that in the how. how yeah, Mr. that's Dookie what I have. Sort of- that's sort of what I mean. Sorry, I, the, the guitar world is no different to any other facet of society. That yeah. stuff goes in and out of fashion, and if you get caught on the the wrong side of um, of everybody's taste, then you know that can be really, really bad. Just wait until Shell Pink becomes uncool again, everyone. It's, uh, it's yeah, going to be totally. coming soon. It's got yeah. to be coming soon. Anyway, we're, we're going to talk about some of the other things in this list. And actually, there's a there's a there's a, a couple of new releases that we're going to talk about as well. But we are going to talk about those over on our Patreon on Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds that's right dear listener uh, you can actually you can join us there uh, for an extra episode every week you can become a patreon member for as little as a dollar a month at the dollar tier you'll get this episode ad free and early every week five dollars gets you access to our patreon specials and our entire back catalogue of patreon specials ten dollars gets you a lot plus i'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode you can find us on all your favourite social media platforms and join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Check out our Instagram for, you know, all the little ditties I've been recording for all of the, the guitars and pedals that, that we get sent all the time. Um, please jo- please follow please follow Guitar Nerds on Instagram <laughs> so Joe stops sending us messages being like, I'm putting out all this stuff. Why am I losing followers? Because it's just like, I just... <laughs> Please, please, please follow Joe on Instagram. Yes, please. If you, I tell you what, every sing, every person who follows Joe on Instagram, send me or Matty an email, and we send me or Matty a message, and we'll send you Joe's number as well. In in thanks for following him on Instagram. How's that sound, Matt? Sound good? Oh, it sounds bloody lovely. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Joe, you're right with that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) Best thing I've ever done. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. (laughs) Cheers, gang. Well, my Patreon friends, it's the start of another year, the start of another season, and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you one and all. Thank you to every single Patreon supporter, from the dollar tier to the five dollar tier to the ten dollar tier. But of course, thank you most of all to that top tier, those Patreon producers. Thank you very much. Rather than seeing your name this week, I'm going to take the time to really savour your involvement. Thank you, Steve Davis. Thank you, Daniel Walker, Ben Harder, Jorin Brown, Holly Simpson, John Conaway, Eric Vaughan, Russell Healing, Paul Drew, Peter Pesh, Ty Allen, Yogi the Guitarist, Carl Harris, Joe Hoppard, Sean Hughes, Brian Hansen, Shane Malloy, Eric Emmer, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Einsler, Gavin Vanderlinden, 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 Andy Manley, Robert Butterworth, Scott Utting, Mark Hizyao, Kadoaki, Simon Milbourne, Stuart Robson, Christian Lund, Hansen, Keith Adams, Eric File, Jack Cutmore, Joe Puttick, James Dorr, Abe Matthews, Ken Sayers, Kytopia the Band, John Anglin, Ross Edwards, Nate Nagel, Stephen Bork, Aaron Sherman, Dave Lee, Jake Gray, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Losef, Derek Rich, Blake Wyland, Rob Nordvik, JD Short is still there, Steve Merkel, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Robin Smith, 
Scott O'Brien, Paul Corrigan, and of course, the man himself, Moog Gravit. Thank you, one and all. You're fantastic. We'll be back next week with more Guitar Nerdery. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.